NYCApartmentZone.com. From New York City, this is the NYC Zone Teams Podcast, a show where we discuss everything about New York City real estate and much more. You have questions, we have answers. And now, here are your hosts, John and Nikolai. All right, so uh, this is our first podcast here with the NYC Zone team. Um, with your host, John, and also Nikolai, we are the co-founders of the team. Uh, so the first thing that we're going to talk about here, and we also have, I forgot, we, have, we also have Marina. She's actually our intern who's helping us with the marketing and also with uh, finding the questions to the main uh, pretty much topic of what's going on with this podcast. So uh, we're going to be talking about the process of buying an apartment in New York City. So we're going to just... I guess jump right into it. And Nikolai, you want to say anything before we get in? Sure. Yeah, we're super excited to actually finally get started with podcast. I feel like uh, a lot of people have questions in regards to real estate, 100%. and uh, sometimes it's hard to find them online. So we really hope this could be a source for, you know, just for great information in regards to real estate in New York. I agree. I agree. So I guess, so Marina, what she's going to do, she's actually going to just kind of say the first question, um, or maybe how should we start this? Should we start this maybe just kind of like giving like a run idea of what the process is, or should we just, just dive into the questions? I think we should probably dive into the questions okay. and, uh, you know, take it step by step there. All right, cool. So Marina, if you want to kind of right. get us what the first question is, what is what is a frequently asked question that people normally ask in regards to buying? All right, so the first question would be, should I talk to a bank before looking at an apartment? Okay, you want to take this one? Sure. Um, I think it's great to just have a grip on your finances because uh, what we see sometimes is that uh, people decide to buy a property for, let's say, a million dollars, and in reality, the only part that they can get approved for in the mortgage is uh, about 900000 uh, so I think just having a good grip on your finances is a good idea. And uh, usually I would still recommend reaching out to real estate agent first just so you don't go to a random mortgage broker, but at least they could recommend somebody that they know very well. Yeah, but the question is, is why should they go to a real estate agent first versus then just going straight to a mortgage broker? I think it's uh, knowledge and trust. You really want to work with somebody that you actually trust and uh, has the people in the industry that knows uh, that know how to create the deals and know how to create mortgages and uh, can really help you and not just get their commission and be out right I agree because sometimes actually from the past we actually worked with mortgage brokers that were recommended by some of our clients which we are completely open to Um, but sometimes when you're dealing with a mortgage broker who doesn't really know what they're doing and at times when you're under contract you could sometimes skip deadlines and stuff like that and, and it could get like very ugly. Yeah. So, so it's just basically protecting yourself uh, by going through somebody knowledgeable. So correct. finding a real estate agent that you trust that has done deals before and that has people that are knowledgeable in mortgage industry as well as any other people that are coming into transaction like attorneys and anybody else. And since we're on this topic, let's mm-hmm. just go over really quick, especially with international loans. I think we've actually done a couple of these um, and we understand how complicated it could be. I mean, yep. there's some instances we won't mention some banks um, in regards to this, but um, it actually did kill a deal because they couldn't come up with financing, right? Absolutely, yeah. Actually, the deal uh, has got approved, and then they went back on their awards, and uh, luckily enough, the buyer was able to get their deposit back. Mm-hmm. But if the seller really wanted to, they could have kept the deposit of uh, 10%, which is a significant amount of money right. any property you buy anywhere. Right. Okay, cool. I think that's a 
pretty good answer. Yep. Yep. Uh, what's the next popular question? So the next popular question would be, should I buy or continue to rent? Like, what are the pros of buying? Um, yeah, I mean, buying or to continue, that's actually a really great question. Um, so it, I, I guess it really depends on your situation. Like, yep. if you are looking to stay here for a while, I would highly recommend buying, especially in today's market. Uh, we're actually currently in a real estate shift, so there's actually some pretty good opportunities. Yep. Uh, depending on, of course, depending on the unit, depending on price, depending on neighborhood, depending on a lot of things and variables, um, you could actually get a very good uh, price for an apartment. Build equity. Uh, you could deduct on a lot of your taxes. Uh, obviously, we have this new uh, tax plan that just got approved. I believe it's up to ten thousand on your taxes. That's capped, and also, uh, and in regards to a mortgage, was it up to like? Uh, 900,000 or I think it was below a million for something for so something like that I would recommend obviously talking to the accountant for something like that but I if you're going to stay here for a while I would completely buy and uh, overall it's also like if we look at the trends from past um, 20-30 years Manhattan for the most part has been going up there were some bumps on the way in 2001 and 2008 the value of the properties has gone down a little bit but uh, if you don't have to sell it fast the market usually bounces back and goes even higher so uh, I think that gives a great opportunity to build equity from a very you know from whether you're buying it as a young person or as somebody older usually Manhattan allows you to build equity and uh, it is considered to be safer investment than many other parts in the world I agree I agree and you know if you're only going to be here for a couple of years I mean I think the statistic is that normally people who rent they stay in their apartment for at least two to three years um, but if that's all you're going to be doing just be here for a couple of years and I obviously agree with just renting yep versus than just buying. Yeah. So. Or, you know, just kind of a last example to wrap it up. Some people, they don't know which neighborhood they want to be in. Right. So they try to rent out here for a year and another neighborhood for a year and then kind of set their mind up. Okay, you know, for example, we like Upper East Side, so we're just going to end up buying on Upper East Side, which is, uh, you know, which is a safe route. Yep, that's correct. All right. All right, so, so uh, on to the next one. What do we got? Yep. Can I find a rent-to-own property? I honestly haven't found any of these. I think there's probably some some owners that might be open to something like this, but I haven't really come across anything like this. Have you? Um, I've spoken with somebody, but usually, like, often enough, those are, like, off-market deals, right. um, friend of a friend, something like that. And uh, I think it's very important that uh, you want to... You want to see how the property is like on the market. For example, if something is on the market for 200 days yeah. and uh, they have an asking price of a million, of course, I'm pretty sure that's not the right idea to pay full asking price right. because uh, right. 200 days indicates that the market hasn't really responded well to that price. So I think um, unless you're seeing something spectacular and you're well aware of the market, I would recommend doing uh, you know something that's actually active on the market to see what, you know what's going on. I agree. And of course, I mean, it doesn't hurt by asking, Yeah, you know, if it's been on the market for a very long time. We actually get sometimes some people, um, even if it hasn't even been on the market, sometimes for, for such a long time that people ask us, hey, is the owner willing to rent? Mm-hmm. Well, it could be an option if, you know, if we're on the market for maybe for a longer amount of time yeah. that and then you could actually come up with some terms later on something like that yeah. where you could buy at the end. Yeah. So, but not, it's not as popular. Yeah. 
Alright, so our fourth question would be, if I own a home, should I buy another one before selling the current one? That's a really great question, and I feel like we've gone, we come across this a lot sometimes, yes. um, and it can sometimes get a little sticky because uh, when you putting, if you don't sell your home before, uh, a lot of times when you submit offers and things you're going to buy, it's actually a contingency on it where it's like, well, our offer is X amount of dollars and it's contingent on the sale of our home. Now, that could possibly be a good offer on a unit that's probably been sitting on the market for a good amount of time and they don't have a lot of bites. But for a very popular unit, I wouldn't recommend doing that. Yeah, because you're going to be competing for the most part with people that are paying all cash and right. are ready to close in 30, 45 days yep. or even 60. And to put the property on the market, it takes about uh, anywhere between a week to three weeks then to get an offer, then to get your <laughs> property into contract. So basically, um, the other seller... Uh, would, wouldn't really feel secure with you know with your offer if it's contingent upon the sale of your property. Right. But not to say actually that some of the people that we worked with they had enough equity to just go ahead uh, buy second property and only then sell their sell their current property. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's there's ways around it, yeah. and you could actually get very creative. Yeah. If, if you have, have enough multiple liquidity. instances, yeah. yeah. We've like what was it? One one of them was actually about taking some money out of their. One of their brokerages accounts Correct. and another Borrowing one. Borrowing against your brokerage account. I mean, and, and the great thing is that we didn't actually come up with that idea. That actually was from our mortgage broker. Correct. Who, so this is why actually getting a really good mortgage broker, we get very creative in regards to getting the money. Correct. We'll actually have, uh, we'll have a podcast with him at some point. Yeah, um, for 100%. Yeah. I think Glenn would be totally open to this. Yep. So, okay, great. So I think that answered the question. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so do I need an agent when buying a home? Take it. Oh, Do I need an agent? Oh, absolutely. I feel like we come across this part very, very frequently. And yeah. I think, once again, it really comes into finding a person you can trust. Right. Uh, because uh, the agent shouldn't, like, if they represent the buyer, they shouldn't be just wanting to do a sale. They want to find a good deal for you, whether it is uh, the right neighborhood, whether it is the right price, whether it is right investment opportunity, it really depends on what your needs are and having an agent that's going to work with your needs and get you the right thing, exactly what you're looking for in your needs. Right. I think, I think hiring an agent, on the buying side at least, yep. you're really hiring a consultant. Correct. You know, because I think there's a misconception about what the agent should do. Yep. I think a lot of buyers, and this is just from the feedback that I've been that I've received was that they think that an agent should just find the listing for them. No. Of course, the agent is going to try to find the listing for you, um, but you have to also understand that the agent is not just working with you as a buyer; it's also working with a bunch of other people as buyers too, and they're going to try their best to find things and update you what's going on in the market. But one thing that I can guarantee is that your agent is not in, at one o'clock in the morning looking online, looking to see what's on the market, versus you, which I'm pretty sure you're looking at during your lunch break. You're looking at when you're on the subway, when you're, you know, I mean, you're always constantly looking. So when a buyer is really looking to buy, they're they're like really looking to see what is out there. What I think a lot of people what they need to see when they hire a buyer's agent, if they consider on doing it, which I highly recommend, yep. is to see that it's like a t it's teamwork. Mm -hmm. It's actually it's a team. You guys are working together. You know, and you know when it comes to offers and everything, like your buyer's agent is going to be your best consultant in figuring out whether you should maybe bid above, bid below, bid at asking, see yep. what kind of terms you could come up with. I mean, there's so many variables that a, an experienced buyer's agent can help you 
win. Absolutely. They can, in the end of the day, help you save money and uh, help you save time because... Oh, yeah. Uh, That's if the it's, number one thing. To yeah. yeah. If, it's, uh, if it's a hard property and there is a lot of offers, mm-hmm. and even if you go out asking, it wouldn't guarantee you getting the property. Uh, and other times, when the property is in the market for a long time, or if there is something off and it's not perfect scenario, they can help you save money by putting a lower offer and really helping throughout the whole negotiation. Very true. Okay. Right. What number are we at right now? So we're number six. Number and six. It's okay. just a continuation of this question, kind of. Okay. Um, who pays the agent the fees when buying a home? Who pays the agent the fees? That's yeah. actually a very common question that we get a lot. And in regards to the fees, the good thing for the buyer side is that they technically technically don't pay any of the fees. Um, the seller is the one who normally pays it. Whatever the full commission is, when it when a transaction is between an agent and agent, it's actually co-broked. Yep. So. I think it's over 90% of the deals here in New York City. I think it's I'll, actually above probably, 95. Yeah, I would probably say it's above 95 unless yeah. it's something off-market or yeah. an agent that doesn't work with other agents. But it's super rare. Most of mm-hmm. the agents, all the big Correct. guys, uh, Keller Williams, Corcoran, Douglas Elliman, Halstead, uh, and a bunch of others, we all do work with each other and right. uh, we split the commission that the seller that the seller is offering and covering the services of buyer and seller's agents. So pretty much to answer the question, the buyer never really pays for the commission but a question that i normally get a lot maybe you can answer this is like well okay what if it's um what if it's like an off-market property what if it's um what if it's a, a for sale by owner uh who pays the commission then well a lot of for sale by owners they actually offer commission to the buyer's agent to bring a buyer and True. to negotiate against them and uh, yeah and to, to get the deal done that is true too but in an instance where they don't pay then what happens well, they don't pay. I think it has to be discussed before. I mean, in my whole career, I never really came across this um, situation. Right. Um, but I think if um, if I like working with a client, um, I think we could just decide, hey, do you need our help? Uh, if they say yes, we do need, I think we yeah. can agree on a certain commission. And if, um, and if they decide for whatever reason that they don't need, um, I would, you know, I wouldn't really stand in the way of them getting the right property. Right. So, I mean, this is one question that actually that we did receive. And the thing is, to answer that question is that it's so rare. Yeah. It is very rare. Um, even if you're dealing with a for sale by owner, uh, they want to get rid of it. And mostly all of them will be, are willing to pay the buyer's broker in, in regards to yep. the sell of their property yep. so uh to answer your question the buyers normally pay 99.9 percent of the chance will pay nothing yeah so right. so we're down to our last question okay and is how many homes should i look at before putting a purchase offer well, that's, uh, that's a great question. So as I mentioned before, the buyer's agent uh, should be able to save you not just money, but also time. So um, I think a good practice for the buyer's agent to really ask for your needs, uh, for what you're looking for in an apartment, and narrow down your search. So uh, we work with buyers that look at as little as three properties, and um, some of them look for years actually for the right property but it depends on the motivation and the timeline uh, that the buyer has but I think an experienced buyer agent can help you narrow down to anywhere between 7 to 10 properties to make the right choice right I mean a buyer's agent is going to really again it's a team effort they're really going to just take you all the way down like sometimes you might be looking for a property that doesn't even really exist in a neighborhood because of price your buyer's agent is going to tell you hey look listen it doesn't exist in this area, you know. Yep. You're, we're wasting our time trying to find something here 
maybe have you considered maybe this area or this area. They're going to actually make you look in different areas that might work to what you're looking for. Um, So, yeah, I mean, an experienced buyer's agent will do that for you. And sometimes you could literally just look at three apartments or three times, whatever you're looking for, three places, and that's it. And like you said earlier, it could take about a year to find a place. It really just depends on your timeline. So. Perfect. So I guess that kind of wraps it up with our first uh, podcast. Yeah, super uh, exciting. This is exciting. This actually yeah. was pretty fun. Yeah. So um, with that being said, I think if anyone who's listening, uh, if you guys have any sort of specific questions you want to ask, why don't you email us at zone, Z-O-N-E, at kwnyc.com. And what we'll do is we'll actually forward it to Marina. Or you could actually try emailing maybe just her. It's marketing at nycazone.com just any sort of questions you may have she'll put them together we'll come here we'll put the podcast together maybe kind of like do another one of this again and kind of just you know answer those specific questions alright you want to end this with maybe a I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, I think this is. I think this is great. I thought we were just gonna keep on rambling and everything, but uh, I think this is super exciting. It's definitely great to just spread the knowledge that we have acquired through years of being in the industry. Yes. And uh, once again, I just hope people find it uh, helpful and they have more questions that we can help clarify. And you know, we're super excited to continue doing this. Perfect. And I guess the last thing is make sure to follow all our social media. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on YouTube. Follow us also on Instagram. We actually post a lot of great pictures on our feed and, and also our story we've been doing a lot of these quizzes every Monday night and Wednesday night and uh, we're giving away free $5 Starbucks gift cards to whoever is the winner of these uh, quizzes so make sure you follow us at NYC Apartments Zone and last but not least make sure you visit our website at nycapartmentzone.com great. and that's it that's a wrap take care everyone alright bye bye bye